Our God is so good. Our God is so I want to welcome all of our campuses across the state of Tennessee. God behind bars, if you're watching live or later, as we are in this heart for the harvest season, looking at not only what God has done, but what God is calling us to do. What a time to be a Christian. What a time to be called. What a time to make an impact. What a time to be a part of seeing God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our personal life, in our families, in our schools. Today, we have a revelation for you, and I, I know it's going to be life-changing. It's been life-changing for me, and so I just hope that you would let it impact every part of your life. But before we get into it, we really need God to move. So I just hope our posture is, Holy Spirit, whatever you say, I will obey. Will you say that with me? Holy Spirit, whatever you say, I will obey. One more time. Holy Spirit, whatever you say, I will obey. If you've missed the last couple weekends, God really has been moving in miraculous ways. So I want to encourage you to go back and especially if you missed our first Heart for the Harvest message, just so you can know exactly where we are. A lot, this last week I was reading an email from a family that they had some tension in their family between mother-in-laws and family and, and all that. I don't know if, if you ever experienced any tension in your family. Maybe it's just ours. But he knew there needed to be freedom. And he knew God was calling him to something. And so to help him get up the boldness and the strength, he watched the message two more times in his quiet time, and then he moved. And his action brought breakthrough for his whole family. And so I want to encourage you, in your quiet time, if you're watching messages in God's Word, what the Holy Spirit is laying on you, would you apply it as you go to win your world to Jesus this week, I'm going to give you the revelation from God right up top so that we can practice it. That's what we're going to do today. We are going to practice it. We are going to put spiritual work in, and I cannot wait. I believe that our lives, our faith, our mindset, our families, our excitement, our expectation of the Lord is going to explode today. It's going to grow today. We are going to be transformed today. Recently, in my quiet time, I was reading a book from a missionary named Watchman Nee. Now, Watchman, uh, he had a book or a chapter on prayer. And listen, me personally, some, I'm very passionate about prayer over myself and uh, my family and our church and the future of what God wants to do. And so I'm gonna spend on average about an hour in my prayer journal and just listening and doing that stuff. But I, I want more. I want everything that God has for me. So I'm, ser I'm, see I'm searching out how I can grow in intimacy with the Lord. So I didn't skip this chapter on prayer. I was actually thrilled about it. And in this chapter on prayer, there was a section that was, that the heading on it was praise. And just to be honest, I've been praying and worshiping and coming to church for a long time. So I assumed, I really knew that we're gonna praise God for who he is. Kind of, you know, Psalms 100, enter his course with praise and his course with thanksgiving. But so I didn't skip it though. I wanna read it. I wanna see what God had to say. And boy, oh boy, am I so glad I didn't skip it. I was so humbled and I really was transformed by it. And I'm adding this as a part of my life. I can feel it transforming me. In this section, Watchman taught that if, the, if God has told you yes about something, I don't know if you've had something like that in your life where you've been praying, the Lord has said yes to that, that thing that you're praying for. Yes, I'm going to do that. He actually said, instead of praying for it, you should praise about it. 
instead of continuing to pray for it, you should praise about it. This is actually exactly what the quote in the book was. Washman says, since God has promised you or said yes to your request, you ought to praise him. If you continue to pray, you will pray away your faith. For what you may do is pray away faith and pray in doubt. So this is different than how we usually operate, right? We usually just, until maybe we see exactly what we want, we, Lord, will you do this? Lord, will you do this? Lord, do you want to do this? Lord, why won't you do this? And we pray and pray and pray. Well, let me give it to you this way, maybe to help us better understand it. If Rachel and I were on a date, we're going to a nice restaurant and going for a walk after, if on the way we're just chatting and she says, Zach, do you love me? And I say, of course, babe, I, I, I love you so much. But throughout the course of the date, she continues to ask, Zach, do you love me? Zach, do you love me? Zach, do you love me? Instead of enjoying the love that we should be sharing right then, two things are gonna happen, one in Rachel's heart and one in my heart. Something's gonna happen in Rachel's heart where she is going to doubt the love I have for her. And because she continues to ask, every time she asks, that is building doubt in her. Hey, do, do you love me? Do you love me? And something's gonna happen in my heart. I'm gonna start to get a little bit frustrated because she won't have faith or believe in what I'm saying. I said, hey, babe, I, I said that I love you and I'm actually trying to provide a representation of my, my love for you right now. I, I want you to see it, I want you to experience it, but doubt's gonna grow in her heart. And then for me, because she's not receiving the love I'm trying to give her right then, a little bit of frustration is going to grow in my heart. I wonder if we ever do this to God. You know, in the Bible, there are 800, and there are over 8,800 promises from God in the Bible, over 8,800. And actually just seven that came to mind for me as, as we were praying about this, prepared for it, just some of the things that God promises. He promises that he's always with us. He promises that he's always faithful. He promises that he's designed us for a purpose. This is why next step, steps one is tonight. It's that that process is all built around that promise from the Lord. So if you haven't gone tonight, please come and join us for that. He promises that he'll give us, he, pro, he already promised he would give you power. He promised that he would give us peace. One of the top things that believers and unbelievers are praying for, according to studies, are peace. But he promised that he's given us peace. He promises that he forgives our sin. Yet how many of us live in the past pain and hurt and guilt of our sin? But he promised, he promised. He promised that he will help us win our world. We doubt that we can do it. We doubt, did God really say it? But he promised. I wonder what life would be like if we praised and lived like God's promises were true instead of hoping that they were true or hoping that they might be true. I believe it'd be a game changer. Listen, I believe the core, I believe to the core of who I am that God has said yes to the vision he's called faith promise to. Our vision is to win the world by equipping Christ followers to win their world, starting with 1% of Tennessee. And I'm so confident because it's straight from the pages of scripture. I'm confident because it's exactly what God has called us to do. We spent hours in prayer, but more important than that, more important than our prayer is God is clear straight from the pages of the Bible that that is what he wants us to do. So what does that mean? What do we do with this promise from God? 
How do we be people of action this weekend? And I pray starting this weekend, it's time for us to start acting and stop asking. Instead of asking and asking and asking, hey, I get it, and he's a good, good father, and he wants to talk to you, and he wants to be with you. But I believe that with the over 8,800 promises, that we should be doing just as much, if not more, action than acting. So we're actually, action, hard word, than asking. So we're actually going to take some time this weekend, and we're we're going to act. We're going to move. So we're actually going to start with this, the, 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 just the core, the nucleus, the passion of the Lord and of our vision is that people meet Jesus. And do you know that as we reach 1% of the state of Tennessee, that there will be at least 60,000 people saved and baptized, at least 60,000 people. Hey, I know that I was one of the people that have been saved and baptized at Faith Promise. I know that me and my family that were never the same because I was saved and baptized and discipled at Faith Promise. Hey, I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna worship and we're gonna sing a song about belief and Lord's gonna raise our belief. But here's what I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask us to act. I believe that everybody, really, I believe that everybody at all of our campuses across the state of Tennessee, you have somebody in your life that needs to be one of those 60,000, right? I do. I've got a list I pray through every day that need to be part of that 60,000. So as we worship and as we ask the Lord, build our, build our belief, Lord. Give us the revelation of the reality of eternity. I'm gonna ask you to be prayer team members up front at all of our campuses, or I'm either gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you to act I'm gonna ask you to pray right now that God would send action to your heart or to the heart of somebody around that unbeliever and they would meet Jesus. They would meet Jesus. And maybe you need to come up front and pray with somebody about a boldness that you're supposed to take, but let's have some action right now. Let's ask the Lord to, hey, what action do you want me to take? And let's make commitment that we will do what we believe, don't we? Do our lives, do do our passion, does our desire bear out that we believe? Let's stand and pray. God, we come before you right now. We stand and what we're asking for is we're asking for action, Lord. We're asking that you would move us. And God, even as we pray right now, God, we're praying for action for ourselves and believers around us and for our church. Holy Spirit, that you would move us. Holy Spirit, that we would just be cut to the quick and we wouldn't be able to stop ourselves. God, over 60,000 people to begin with, God, need salvation. And you're calling us to be the people to go after them. Here I am, send me, Lord. That's our prayer. So right now, God, as we come forward and pray for our friends and families that don't know Jesus, or as we kneel at our seats and pray, God, we pray for action. We pray for action that we, after today, would be people of action. Move us, transform us. In your name we pray, amen. Let's worship. There's prayer team members up front at all of our campuses. Let's ask the Lord to make us people of action. God, this week as I was reading about the parable of the seeds of the sower, and I was so struck when you said a hundredfold harvest. Because when you said a hundredfold harvest, it was a hundredfold harvest on the seed that was planted, which means that one seed was planted and there was a hundredfold from that one seed 
And so, Lord, as we said, we believe for rain. We don't believe for a natural rain. We believe for a supernatural rain. And not just rain as in precipitation, but God, we believe in a reign of you, King Jesus. And with that being the case, God, if you are King Jesus, God, if you are King Jesus, that means that we, we serve you. We serve you. God, we don't think about serving you or serving you whenever it's convenient, but we serve you. God, we believe for rain. We believe for rain, God. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat and we're going to keep on praying, keep on asking God to move. This is special though. Isn't this is special to be able to get in God's presence and don't you, don't, don't, isn't there somebody that comes to mind right now that you just wish could be here and could experience this? Well, that's why our vision looks like it looks because we believe that just starting with 1% of Tennessee that we want to provide this. Hey, and I just want you to wrap your head around this. This is, this is just rough estimates. But as we are faithful and as God fulfills the vision he's put on our church, these are some of the things it would mean. It would mean over 70,000 people worshiping God on the weekend, bringing his praise into their community. It would mean 60,000 plus baptisms, people who were lost and dead in their sin are now found in Jesus. You know, it would mean 150 churches. I don't know about you, but isn't it special whenever you get to come to church and get loved on and greeted and live spoken to you and worship? A hundred and we'll go from 12, what we have now, to 150 across the state. That's why I want to encourage you the Heart for the Harvest card. If you feel led to be a part of the East Knoxville team, the South Knoxville team, fill that out and put it in the offering bucket when it goes by you. Think about 23 people in group. My marriage, my ministry has been transformed by group. Think about 20, 000, over 20,000 people serving, waking up, creating opportunities for people to, to win their world, for people to be loved on, to go out into communities. This, this next two are my favorite. Think about 18,000 plus kids in FP kids, over 8,000 kids in FP stu or students in FP students. Think about the suicide rate going down. Think about, amen, think about anxiety and depression and those things going down. Because they're not just coming to be in church, they're coming to be equipped to go out and win their world. Imagine those things. And I know, which not a faith promise, but sometimes people get funny when you talk about money, right? There's things that I want to have all the money it needs, and God's church is one of those things. So it excites me to think about $2.5 million, imagine! what we could do, what God could do with $2.5 million a week. This is what we're not asking for. This is what we're praising God for and committing action to. This is why we give above and beyond in heart for the harvest. So the world can be one, not just around the corner at, at, at campuses in Tennessee, but around the world. And that's not just something we say, that is who we are. And I know that not everybody gets to go and look at all these things, but let's take a moment together and just be amazed by just one place where the world is being won from right here, from East Tennessee. Let's check out how the world's being won in El Salvador. Hey, Faith Promise. I am here in El Salvador with a ministry called Pathlighters. Pastor Chris has been investing and coming here for the past 30 years and now we get the opportunity to deepen our partnership with them. 
we're gonna hear from some of the leaders of Pathlighters about the history of the ministry, what the future holds for them. Pathlighters has been modeling what we wanna accomplish in Tennessee about winning our world. El Salvador has been a country, a nation, a people very hard hit by violence. Historically, we have had a lot of suffering through wars, through gangs, but thanks to God's help and the help of a lot of kind-hearted people, brothers in Christ and institutions, El Salvador has been making progress. Pathlighters has existed for more than 30 years here in El Salvador. Since I was 13 years old, God has allowed me to be a part of this beautiful ministry. Currently, God allows me to coordinate the ministry and we know that God will continue to do great things. One of our desires and, and one of my dreams is that God will continue to use us to be able to share more of His Word, not only by going to schools or communities, but to be able to do something more. We are praying for opportunities to be able to share His Word in different schools, in different neighborhoods, and in different communities of our country, El Salvador. I believe that God is the one who can use this ministry. One of the ways in which Pathlighters impacted my life was when I was 10 years old. They arrived with a missionary, Lee Hartwell. Him and Pastor Chris came to my neighborhood. A film about Jesus and eternity was shown and my family, they all became Christians, accepted Christ and made a profession of faith. And then, because of that impact, we began to work inside a church and partnered with Brother Lee and Pastor Chris. I remember that he traveled constantly and we went out to preach with him. And in 1994, Pastor Chris at an outdoor event preached in a field and many people accepted Christ. And now, in that place, there is a church where God allows me to be the new pastor. For more than 30 years, I have led this church. So, we thank God for what He has done, generation to generation. Being part of the next generation, I am very grateful to the church as they have helped me to grow in my faith by being part of this incredible ministry. They have taught me about forgiveness and how God has a plan for my life. The next generation has to move forward. We have to continue the ministry and honor the legacy of the people who led before. We need to focus on the gospel. We have to keep winning new souls to Christ for the future to have a generation of pastors, a next generation of teachers in the faith. We at Pathlighters have a vision of doing whatever is necessary to win one more to Christ, one more life, one more teenager, one more child, either in a face-to-face, one-on-one manner, or virtually through media. This allows us to lead souls to Christ and help them love God. This past month, more than 5,000 people were saved we know that God has been great and has done great things in each of their lives. We can continue to do so, and we know that it's necessary to continue sharing the Word of God. We are praying that you will win 1% of Tennessee. Please continue to pray for us so that we may continue to win the population of our country, El Salvador.
Give God some praise, man. Dang. Come on. If that ain't get you going, I don't know what will. That is so good. And that's just one story of incredible life change through our missions partners. 5,000 people were saved in a month. That guy, I, could, I, I can't believe, you know, my, my dad, we talked about Pastor Chris, that's my dad. And dad would go and he'd go to El Salvador. That's the first place he took me on a mission trip. But, and, and we would go, but you never know what you're doing. You don't know that whenever you're there, 30 years later, that that man is still pastoring a church in that field where he was led to Jesus. That's a hundredfold harvest right there, isn't it? Is that not amazing? It's amazing. It's just a glimpse of what the future will look like. Imagine partners like this across Tennessee, across America, across the world. But listen, it starts with 1% of Tennessee. And listen, 70,000 people, it's just a number. Don't get caught up on the numbers. Every single one of those numbers has a name and a story that God plans to rewrite through your action, through your surrender. And listen, a lot of those people feel trapped. And listen, we want to win the world so that they can have a God-sized solution to their God-sized. There's some God-sized problems that are attacking our world, but our world is giving world-sized solutions to the depression, to the anxiety, to the loneliness, to the divorce, to the addiction, to the suicide. The world is offering worldly solutions. These are God-sized challenges. They won't be fixed by a self-help book or by ignoring it or by talking to a friend. Those things are fine, but they're not transformational. God's Holy Spirit is transformational. And listen, with God's size problems, I mean, you give God some praise. Come on, it's exciting. So right now, let's not just ask, but let's have action. Let's pray for breakthrough. Let's pray for God to move. And let's ask God to give us action. Right now, we're going to pray for God's size breakthrough. And so again, at all of our camps, we're going to sing another song. And there's going to be prayer team members. You may need breakthrough. It relationally, physically, emotionally, whatever it might be, spiritually, you may need breakthrough. And we, hey, listen, the prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much, and you are going to walk out in action. And so I want to ask you, let's pray for breakthrough right now. Again, at all of our, all of our camps, you may come up for that prayer. You may make an altar at your seat. But would you, would you just please, would you take some action today? Don't leave and not take any action. Amen? Listen, it's wild that God would allow us to be a part of his kingdom coming, but that's his plan. So let's live in it. Will you stand and let's prepare to respond again? God, right now as we stand, God, I just pray that we would be people of action. Right now, as we pray for breakthrough, would you, would you start to create action in the heavenlies? Ephesians 6, God, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities in heavenly places. And God, as people come forward for healing, as people come forward for breakthrough, Jehovah Perizim, God of the breakthrough, we pray that you would give it. We pray that you would bring it. And because of this moment, we would be people of action, that we would take this breakthrough, this Perizim, and we would take it out into the world, into our families, into our schools. But let us act. Let us come forward. Let's pray at our seat. Move us, God. In your name we pray. 
Amen. God, we want supernatural movement. God, we want supernatural freedom and healing, God. It's not by our works and it's not by us trying to earn it, but it's it's by us knowing who you are and whose we are and stepping in that, first stepping and believing that that's who we are, stepping in obedience to who, like the things that you call us to do because of that identity, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of God. Zechariah 4, 6, not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord God. That's what you said. That's what you said. Even before you poured out the Holy Spirit on your church, how much more so should that be our reality in our marriages, in our middle schools and high schools, in our workplaces? Holy Spirit, give us a revelation of the reality of eternity and not knowing how much time we have left to win our world. Please, Father, Holy Spirit, we're asking for a filling. Holy Spirit, ask for a leading, a freeing move of God in our lives, our homes, our schools, our neighborhoods, our state, and our world. Please, guys, it's your time. It's your church. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Is anybody enjoying being in God's presence today? Is this just great? Gosh. Faith promise? Somebody has to go. Somebody has got to go. Somebody has to obey. God's call to go and win the world to Jesus. Let it be us. This is why we do Heart for the Harvest. This is why we stop, even in these economic times, in any time, we stop and say, Lord, what would you have me give to win the world to Jesus, to his salvation, to his plan for their lives? Well, listen, it's gonna take all of us and when I don't say all of us as in individuals, I mean all of us as in all of who we are, our time, our talent, our treasure. In this next time of prayer, can I ask you very specifically to pray and to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me give in this free will offering, this offering that's above our tithes, but what would you have me give? Remember what we learned last week. God sets the vision for his church. But we get the privilege, the honor, the joy to set the speed of the vision. What a privilege that is. I pray that as we're getting this call from the Lord that we would obey and tell the Lord to send us, all of us, our time, our talent, our treasure. Every investment that is made is investment into future life change, eternal change Listen, I believe, I really do that there's no investment that you and I can make with a greater return on impact than into something like Harvest the Harvest than into His church. We wanna see revival. Listen, and if that's the case, if we wanna see revival, not just maybe, oh, it would be nice, but if we wanna see it, then we will have to answer the call for Him to send us, all of us, our time, our talent, and our treasure. God, in a wild, wild <laughs> turn of events, He chooses us. He chooses people as His way to win the world. There's a passage that I pray over us every day now. Whenever the world was just as dark as it is right now, and the Lord was looking for somebody to send, 
in Isaiah 6, 8, it says that when I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Whom shall go for us? Whom shall go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. If you read the passage, Isaiah knew he wasn't perfect. Isaiah didn't have all the answers. God said their hearts are hard as stone. Their necks are stiff as iron. But Isaiah said, here I am, send me. What else will I do with this life that means anything? Here I am, send me. I pray, faith promise, that we would say, not just with our mouth, but with our life, our time, our talent, our treasure, our hearts, our hands, our head, our hands, that we would say, here I am, Lord. Send me, send all of me. In these next few moments, the prayer is gonna be back. If, if you need to pray for somebody who is lost and you didn't act, you have another shot. If you need breakthrough, healing, for spiritual, emotional, whatever it might be, you can come forward again. But I'm gonna ask everybody who, hey, you're a part of the vision. God's called you. Here's what I wanna ask you to pray in this next time. What would you have me give in Heart for the Harvest to see the world won to Jesus? I can promise you, every dollar given in Heart for the Harvest is going towards equipping Christ followers to win their world, including me, including you, all the way to El Salvador, across the state of Tennessee and beyond. Can we just ask the Lord, not me, you're not responsible to me. Lord, what would you have me give to win the world? We're about to pray for revival. We're about to worship and tell him he's worthy. But let's not just do it with our mouth. Let's say, here I am, send me with all of us. God, we come before you. And in this last time of worship, as we pray, God, as we ask you to move, as we ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, I pray, that you would speak clearly to people about what you would have them give in Heart for the Harvest. God, this is not about guilt. This is not about shame. This is about obedience. So Holy Spirit, in your still small voice, in your comforting, zero condemnation, love voice, would you speak to us clearly what we ought to give in Heart for the Harvest to see the world one to Jesus around the corner and around the world. We stand and let's worship together and hear from the Holy Spirit and obey what he has to say.